Animal Central on cliffcentral.com. Good morning, everybody. Wednesday rolls around yet again. Nothing that shows you how quickly a week goes by than when you do a radio show. You just finish the show and you start looking for guests for the next show and you're back on again. So this week we've got some amazing guests in studio and some very controversial subjects to talk about. Um, we are going to start off with something that's very big in the news right now. Uh, it is known as the All Days Massacre. This is a what amounts basically to a canned hunting event, and it's called it that, that's happening currently in Mpumalanga. It's been all over the news. Uh, there's been outcry internationally about this this hunting event, and and what it basically is. I mean, it was even on carte blanche over the over the weekend, and and what it basically is, it's it's called a driven hunt. Which, you know, has almost been unheard of by in South Africa for a while, but it seems to be coming more popular and it's highly controversial because what happens is that you get a line of people that walk across um, a game reserve and they beat drums and they beat pots and whatever the case may be and they drive all these, uh, these animals out where what awaits them is a line of hunters. These guys then sit on these raised wooden platforms and they fire at will and they kill these animals. Uh, what broke my heart this morning, and I think today is the third day, was that what they're doing now is is even putting water out there so that when these animals need to come to drink because they're now exhausted and they're terrified, when they drink, they get shot. And and obviously, again, this is all money-based. So I wanted to find out a little bit more. And we've got Ainsley Hay from NSPCA back in studio. Ainsley, welcome. You always our go-to girl <laughs> to tell us exactly what is happening. Now, I've been following the post from Ban Animal Trading, who've been there on the ground. I know the NSPCA has been on the ground. And... You know, I've seen the reports of, you know, what's happening there and the NSPCA's involvement. And yesterday there was a lot of controversy because there was one of the NSPCA spokespeople that said, this is actually not a problem at all. Now, what is this, Ainsley? Is this a problem? Is this legal? Where do you guys stand on it? So we were pretty much caught on the back foot because mm. this is unheard of in South Africa. Exactly. So the first we heard of it was late on Wednesday evening last week. Um, Carte Blanche contacted us and said, listen, they had received this report that this is what's going to be happening. In the beginning, it was reported that there were going to be a lot more hunters and that the quota of animals that they were aiming for, for per day was 100 per day. Oh, wow. We know that this type of hunting happens in Europe. It's common practice in Europe. And really? there, obviously, you get... In all, in all, um, in all sports or hobbies, you, um, especially involving animals, you get to the very good and then you get the very bad. Mm. So we were alerted to it. Um, carte blanche, um, did a fantastic expose on it on Sunday and we also made the public aware on Friday, just doing a, a plea for assistance for people to contact Limpopo Nature Conservation and put, get, um, some public outcry because it does involve the public because yes. these are our wild animals Absolutely. ultimately. So subsequently what happened, our, uh, we sent a team out last week to the farm to do the initial investigation and they started that. And then we sent a team again on first thing Monday morning. They drove out first thing Monday morning. 
morning, um, they went straight to the magistrate to obtain a warrant because we want to get onto the farm. We don't want to stand outside and mm, protest. We yes. want to get on and we want to witness it. Unfortunately, this is legal, but it's legal by omission because this type of hunting, it's not commonplace in South Africa. Whereas all your other different types of hunting with a, cr- a crossbow or by night mm. or with dogs are either legislated and controlled via certain stipulations or they are outlawed. Um, but this is very much legal through omission. So our inspectors manage. What does that mean? It means that it's just never happened here before, so it's not in the legislation. So there's no precedent. It's not mentioned. It doesn't set. say you can, but it doesn't yes. say you can't. So it just. And happens. is this private property? Yes. Um. It was. Um. The land was successfully uh, reclaimed in a land claim. Um. So it is now owned by the community, and the community has rented the property to individuals, and these individuals are now doing the hunt to raise money to pay the rent for the property. Oh my word! Yes. So, so these these animals, where do they come from? Have they been bought to put on the property, or bred there, or we, where are they coming from? There, there were some that were already there, but we have received reports that some animals were actually purchased and stocked onto the property prior to this. Good heavens! With and their I mean, intention. So they would pay to bring these animals in, and then obviously charge big bucks mm-hmm. to people from Germany, Europe. Mm-hmm. I've seen that people from Belgium. the Netherlands, Belgium, mm-hmm. Germany, uh, that are coming in. I'm sure they're paying mm-hmm. top dollar to do yep. this. Exactly. And it, it's, it's completely foreign to our usual type of hunting. I mean, you know, there's so many hunters and it's all, I mean, they're sitting in chairs on platforms. Exactly. How is that sporting? I no, mean, it's really, not sporting. Really. Our South African hunters at least get their hands dirty and their feet dirty and they're out in the bush putting some hard work in to take down an individual animal. Yeah, you see, and, and what really got me is I've seen the photos. I mean, in view of the international outcry mm. about Cecil the Lion exactly. and canned hunting, I cannot believe that people would still mm. actually do that and, and, um, then be shocked when there's an outcry. Exactly. And I, and I believe that this was supposed to be a secret event and the yeah. only reason was because these, what do you call mm. them? These setups, platforms. these platforms mm. were set up were in visible. view of the road. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. And the interesting thing is since the story blew, we're receiving a lot of information from individuals who are contacting us and saying, actually, this is not the first time it's happened in all days. It happens a lot in all days because apparently there are a lot of European owned properties. So they bring their friends out for a week yes. and they do this. So apparently it is commonplace. So this is this hunt currently now that we are monitoring. It does look like it's actually turning out to be a very sanitized version. Obviously because we are there and they know that they have the pre- the eyes of the world on them currently. Yes, yes. So we're seeing, as you could say, best behavior. So I don't think it's safe to say that this is the standard of how every single um, driven hunt in South Africa has occurred mm. because some of the reports that we're hearing are absolutely horrific. A gentleman phoned me two days ago and said he wishes to remain anonymous but he was on a farm that they did a driven hunt. He said the European um, European gentleman owns the land. He brought a whole bunch of his friends. They were drinking excessively while the hunt happened, and this man had to process the carcasses afterwards. And he said, "I couldn't even I couldn't even use the meat." Because it was so literally so riddled with bullets. So oh. this is going to form part of a very big investigation. Um, by no means is this individual hunt going to be the end of our investigation. Mm, and yes. I don't think that we can safely, we can, we cannot safely comment on driven hunting in South Africa off of one hunt and off of a hunt like this that is so publicized. Right, right. And, and uh, we, the last time we had uh, the people in from campaign against canned animal, canned lion hunting, we spoke about bloodlines. Blood we actually got a complaint mm. saying that this show is very one Decided okay. and against the hunter. And, and let me just say this. This is Animal Central. This mm. is where we protect animals. We give obviously give them a voice here. Mm. We educate people. And at the end of the day, it, it's so controversial because a lot of people complain and then others say, but, but you eat meat. Yeah. 
you know, how can you eat meat, but you're against this? Where do you think the meat comes mm. from? So it, it's so sad. But at the end of the day, this amounts to canned hunting. Mm, it's exactly. You know, we as the NSPCA, we're not opposed to biltong hunting. Mm. We are not opposed to it. So if you go out, you stalk an impala, you kill that impala with one clean shot, you process the animal, you eat the meat, you use the, you use all the byproducts. That's fine. That's actually very humane. But this is completely different. Mm. And this is not, it's not conservation because no. it's, it's, it's no. whatever species comes across there, what sort of age, if it's got a calf at foot, whatever, this is not conservation. No. So this is a far cry from your typical hunting. This is entertainment, as is lion hunting. Yes. Lion hunting is inexcusable. It's pure entertainment for humans with yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's the wealthy that can afford that. Exactly. And Ainsley, what kind of animals are being shot there? So to date, what we've seen is wildebeest, um, Hemsbok, Irland, Impala, Dika, um, and Warthog. That is the tally that I've got so far. We have quite a, a difficult time getting information from the field because the signal is so bad out there. And, you know, mm. my, fe- my team out there, their, their first priority is the animals and to see what's going on. I do have a request to make, um, if I can. We are really struggling to get all of our team onto the farm because we are at, um, our vehicles are not good enough to get onto the terrain on the farm. So okay. if there is anyone that could assist us, we just need one more vehicle that's proper off-road with a diff lock and all that. Yes, Sorry, I'm, I don't know there. that technological yes, stuff. Yes. But we need a vehicle because half of our team currently is unable to get access to the farm. So we aren't able to canvas everything because it's a very large farm and our team is now um, – on the, on the vehicle with the hunters, but yes. we need another vehicle. So if anyone can help us, please. Please, please. But Ainsley, what exactly is the NSPC do, NSPCA doing there? Because you can't mm-hmm. stop it. Mm-hmm. You can't arrest these people. So are you simply monitoring the situation for, I don't know, perhaps a buck that hasn't died on the mm-hmm. shot and has to be mainly euthanized? Why, why are you there? That's exactly it. You know, our hands are tied. This is legal. We cannot stop it, but we can be there, A, to witness exactly what's going on. Because mm-hmm. as I said, this this type of hunting needs to be thoroughly investigated. So yes. not only are our inspectors there to take any action if there are animals that are injured and not killed outright and not killed as soon as possible, but also to be ga- gathering evidence and gathering in- investigating this method so that once yes. we compile that, we'll carry on monitoring other hunts and then we can put forward our concerns or recommendations to the government departments regarding um, legalizing this. What's very heartwarming and must be said, we've had some phenomenal response from some South African hunters and professional hunters really? that have phoned and said, listen, this is unacceptable. We don't want this sort of nonsense in our country. We have ethics that we follow by. This is not acceptable. So we have seen a wonderful support. So, you know, we're not, we're mm-hmm. not hunter bashing. We're not hunter bashing. No. We're taking everything on an individual ethics and individual morals of each type of incident that's happening. And also the Professional Hunters Association has asked us for information, so we will be cooperating with them and we will be li- liaising with all relevant parties to try and see what we can do. Yes, yes, because I see this morning a, a, a group called the Wild Heart mm-hmm. Wild, Wildlife Foundation is also there uh, monitoring, but it must be terrible. They're, I mean, they're protesting from the outside. Well, we're the only yes. ones who have access to Oh, the is it? So yeah. they can't get in? No, we're the only ones. We, we have access under a warrant. But it must be terrible. I mean, I was following the posts on ban animal trading. Mm. It must be so heartbreaking for people who love animals mm. so much mm. to stand there and exactly. see or hear the gunshots exactly. and know what is happening. And yeah. 
uh, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, I have my personal opinions, which shouldn't perhaps be aired <laughs> here. But at the end of the day, so now the end, how long is this going to carry on for, Ansley? Um, it, the original report was that it was going to be from Monday to Friday. Mm. Um, so we, we, we will stay there the duration as long as we need to. And how many hunters are there? I think the final number that I heard, they were actually only 13, which is less. Obviously, it's more than usual hunts because yes, generally yes. it's an individual client taken out. Um, uh, but it is less than what was originally reported. And now the animals that are shot, are they going to be taken back as trophies or what That's still forming part of the investigation. We really, that's what we're trying to figure out. It looks like these animals are being, um, taken down with, um, single shots, which is, um, better than we had feared. Um, but the, our inspectors are fully investigating. They're examining the carcasses to see exactly what has occurred in that. Um, but mm. from what, from what we can see, it does look like there is some form of processing on the carcasses. So we don't know. Um, obviously they're not going to be able to take the meat over because they're foreign. No, sure, we don't know if they're sure. going to be turned into trophies or not. Yeah, I know. I, but some of them were sub adults. So I can't see, you know, oh. trophies are generally the, the hunters come and they want a certain size or stature of animal. Yes. These are sub adults. Um, so it's just for entertainment. Yeah. Then. That's it. I mean, they're not going to eat all that yeah. meat while they're in the country anyway. And this is the awful thing, yeah. you know. These people, one person is killing this animal, whereas if they came for a photographic safari, hundreds of other people could enjoy the animals. But with hunting, it's one person that removes that animal from yes. the ecosystem and yes. from other people's benefit. Well, this is it. I mean, the owner of the property, has he said anything? Has he explained himself why he's doing this? Well, we've got the two, we've got the two parts now. The community leader, um, their spokesperson is completely not interested in any form of discussion. He doesn't care. Um, they just care about the money, even though we're saying there are more, far more ethical ways like ecotourism to get mm, the money. Sure. And we haven't, um, the, the outfitters and the people who are involved in arranging the hunt have also pretty much just brush, brushed off anything. Now, who's this name that's been bandied around? Simon. Who is Simon? He's a spokesperson for the community. Okay, mm. so so does any of this money go back into the community? It is going. The money is going that's um, raised will go towards the rent that the community is getting from renting out the property. I don't know if that's the full amount, yes. how much of the percentage of this will go to the community. That also needs to be uncovered. But there's there's far more lasting and ethical ways to raise mm, money off of farm. And, and, the, and the, the problem that we have in this country is that this may well set a precedent. Yes, this mm. is the scary part. I think uh, Carte Blanche put out a, a was it a, a petition or mm. a poll? Mm. And it showed that, well, the last time I looked at the poll, it was like 98% yes. of people were against it. Yes. You know, there's a few that didn't know and yeah. there was a very small amount that said, no, it's it's yeah. quite acceptable. You know, and, and at the end of the day, you, you're quite right. I mean, there are other ways. Tourists come mm. to this country to see our wildlife mm. um, and, exactly. and to sit there and kill them in such an inhumane mm. way. Mm. It's just shocking. I mean, are they not, you say they're sub-adults. I mean, there must be babies that are now, you know, how, how on earth are you going to tell with a an mm. antelope running at you in foot, whether it's, whether it's lactating, exactly. whether it's got a calf, calf hidden somewhere, you know, it's yes. just, it's, it's really, it's, it, it, it boggles my mind. You know? No, <laughs> we, we no. always think we've heard it all yes. <laughs> at the NSPCA. We always think, no, 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 this, this is, this is the, this, this is this really the, far, the furthest they can possibly take this type of cruelty to this animal. And nope. There's novel ways all the time. But Ainsley, of these people that are doing this, I don't know if 
you know the, the demographics. Mm-hmm. Are these mainly people from overseas, yes. or are there some South Africans in this group as well um, who are actually doing the hunt? We haven't had any confirmation that any of the hunters are South African. Really? Um, so the they're prof- all from the prof- professional hunters are South African, and the outfitters are South African, and they mm. will be um, sure they all they, they the sort of facilitate the yeah. whole thing. But the actual the killers are from overseas, and they all are dressed in khaki, which we find quite surprising because it's hardly like they need to blend into the background. And those shots showed them hiding their faces. So obviously they're feeling (laughs) guilty about it or whatever. I don't know why Mm. you would hide your face, but dressed in khaki Mm. and a couple of women Mm. as well. Mm. Um, And and this is interesting. We get a lot of people from overseas listening to the show and you look again at the canned line hunting Mm. and all the rest. These people are not local people. Mm -mm. These are people coming in from overseas Mm -hmm. to kill our Mm. national treasures. Mm. That's exactly it. And yeah. that's why we say every single hunter's name should be made available to the African public mm. and every single intended hunt because this affects my hobby. So if my hobby is yoga, I go do my yoga. It doesn't affect anyone else. No. I'm not depriving anyone of anything. But if your hobby is hunting, you are depriving yes. our biodiversity, our South African biodiversity. You are depriving it of the animals. And yes. the problem is that our government believes in sustainable utilization. If you look at the word sustain, sustain means life. You sustain life. Yes. How can hunting be called sustainable? No, no. Not at all. As I say, it's, it gets so controversial because you, you, I, I look at all these posts on social media and then you'll get the one person saying, how can you complain when you, have a, a barbecue and you eat mm. meat and you, I know, you know, you go into a, a shop and I, I mean, I'm vegetarian. I don't eat mm-hmm. meat, but you know, when I did, you don't think mm-hmm. you, you buy that steak and you eat it. You don't imagine mm. the cow that it came mm. from. And I think it's, it's a very controversial and heated topic mm. at the moment. It really is. That's also just a deflection tactic. Though. Mm. We're talking about this incident now. Yes. If we, if you know, if someone were to expose an abattoir that was treating animals mm, badly. Right. You'd have the same type of thing. Yes, you and would. yes, I, I fully believe that people must educate themselves. They must be aware of the processes that animals go through in order for us to consume them. Yes. But that includes the hunting methods. It includes the slaughter methods. It's, it's all inclusive. You can't just pick on one species, but you, at the same time, you can't say, oh, well, it doesn't care if you matter about hunting because you eat meat. That's a mm, ridiculous mm. argument and you're just trying to deflect from it. Yes. No, for sure. And I mean, the, the whole case against the dentist is so, mm. Who um, shot Cecil I mean there was as I said International mm. outcry that the man was in hiding mm. And if you look at some of the Justice for Cecil And some of the social mm-hmm. media pages um, How they've exposed Other hunters mm. Male and female mm. A lot from the US A lot from uh, the UK and and you'd think these days that to hunt is, is something that you shouldn't be proud of. Exactly. <laughs> With and all the attention. Exactly. And the mentality, I mean, and now again, when, when I say hunting, I'm talking about trophy hunting and, and novel hunting like this driven hunting. We're mm. not talking about biltong hunters. The fact that these people also take photos with their animals. I mean, mm. how can you, And yeah. but then they say that they're doing it for conservation. That's the same as saying that, that the poor animal welfare workers who have to put 
put animals to sleep because there are no homes for them. Yes. That they would pose for photos with them. No, I'm sorry that you, it, there's oh, something very that's wrong That's a good point. You. You're quite right. So imagine, it's, it's, exactly. <laughs> imagine that. You can't say, oh, I'm doing it for conservation or it's because there are too many numbers. Then why are you posing for a photo yes. with the animal? Where's your respect? Where's your sanity, man? No, exactly. If you had to have people using no, a vet exactly. posing with, with a dog exactly. that it's euthanized. Exactly. Same thing. Oh, this, do- this, this dog was old and he didn't have mm. a home. Let me take a photo yeah. with him. Put it Come on my now. Facebook wall. Exactly. No, e- exactly. And I mean, some of these pictures, I mean, giraffes, mm. they're some of the most beautiful exactly. animals. And there was this one photo of this gorgeous young girl. Yeah, lying down next to yeah, yeah, with, with a dead giraffe. And, and you think, how? Oh, I don't get it. Mm. But I don't get it. Maybe someone can explain yeah. it to me, but where do you find the yeah. joy in doing yeah. that? And it, it's it's so important that this is being brought to the public platform because for yes. so many years, the same standardized responses are fed to justify hunting and no one's ever questioned it. Mm. Whereas now people are starting to apply their minds and they're starting to question it and they deserve answers. And to all the arguments that the hunting, the trophy hunting fraternity says, there has to be scientifically proven evidence. You can't just say, oh, but the money goes to communities. Where's the proof? Yes. How do you uplift them? As they say, teach a man yeah. to fish. Yes. Or give a man Because that's fish always one of the, the first arguments. Yeah. Oh, the money goes back to the, the community who are poor and, mm. but you don't see that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of the time, and especially with these foreign hunts, the money goes nowhere else than the hunting outfitters yes. because the money's paid overseas. It goes into their bank account overseas. Right. It doesn't even get here. No, exactly. So it goes in the pocket of the already rich. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, then the other thing, as you say, conservation, which mm. again, nonsense. Mm. So it boils down to this is our hobby that mm. these people have. They find pleasure in it mm-hmm. somehow. Um, and uh, so Ainsley, the next step you guys are now going to investigate. Mm-hmm. You're going to look into this. Um, can you stop it? From happening? We can't stop this one, and I doubt we'll be able to stop any immediately, um, but hopefully we'll be able to gather enough evidence mm. and witness enough and do a thorough investigation to get this stopped, and hopefully we'll have the support of the South African hunters and yes. the hunting associations, and we can unify, you know. We Absolutely. don't work alone. We will, we will work with whoever will work with us to achieve the same goal, and this is something that really needs to be scratched out and of this country. And isn't that a good way to do it, to get the support? Yes. Of the other parties exactly. so that you've actually got this and, and stop these people yeah. coming here. To, we need as much help as we can get. We are, we are so resource limited. We need as much help as we can get. What can people do, Ainsley? As I said, the They're vehicle, help. if someone's yes. got a really smart vehicle that can get us on the farm, please give us a ring on 011-907-35900. You can speak to the deputy CEO, Esti Kortza, or myself. I'll take about an hour to get back into the office okay. and you can please, um, we'd greatly appreciate that. Yes. Also, time and time again just share share the messages right. um, we are updating our Facebook as often as we possibly can as I said the information is coming out in dribs and drabs from the field um, and then any form of donations you know we, we this is yet another unexpected cost because we've now had I'm to sure. set a team up there it's transport it's fuel it's accommodation yes. it's food for the team it's yes. our time I mean you know Unfortunately, we have to spend money on unglamorous things like For our sure. staff, but the sure. staff are who do, who does the work. That's yes, the reality they also of the work have to we live. do. So, yeah, any, yeah. but thank and you I to think everyone. Social for the media support. has really made such a huge difference it's because amazing. the message is getting out it's there. It's unbelievable. And I saw something this morning. It was just a photo with a, a, a man's hand and a paw in it, mm. and it just said, 
people who abuse animals are cowards. That's it. And that just made such an impact on mm-hmm. me. So, Ainsley, again, people can go to your website. Mm-hmm. Is it www.nspca.co.za? They can okay. visit our Facebook page or right. they can call us on 011-907-3590. Because, so, as you say, you desperately need funds need funds to continue doing this, yes. this work that and you do. This is just yeah. the tip of the iceberg. No, let's, let's stop it. If we stand together, we can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Ainsley, thank you so much again for coming in this week. And I think, uh, Duncan, my producer, we've now got a a Skype call that we've been looking forward to having. I think we've got Lisa Fissa on the line. Lisa, are you there? I am. Hi there, Sharon. Hi, Lisa. Now, Lisa, you are the MD of My Most Beautiful, and you've got this wonderful pet photo competition going on now with all the proceeds going to tears. Please tell us more about that, Lisa. Okay, so um, mymostbeautiful.com is a competition uh, website that myself and my business partner, Leon Latakhan, launched at the beginning of May. And we've run a number of different campaigns, but we're currently running My Most Beautiful Pets. Um, and the whole idea behind it is all those wonderful pets-loving owners, regardless of how weird and wonderful the pet may be, can upload photos onto the website, www.mymostbeautiful.com, and then the public votes for their favorites. Oh, fantastic. Because I think people always love sharing pictures of their fur kids. I know um, I publish Canine Zone magazine, and I will never run out of pictures for our my, uh, your photos page. People love to take pictures and share it with, with everybody else. Absolutely. I think, you know, um, you were just, you guys were just busy talking about some social media and the perks Mm. of it. And, you know, when it comes to social media and sharing, it's so picture driven. And I think babies, food and animals. And animals. In fact, the joke is that most people have more pictures of their dogs on their cell phones than they do of their spouses or partners. (laughs) So now, how does, so how does this work? Someone would go out, take a photo of their pet, post it on your Facebook wall, and then you would judge. Or how does it actually work? They have to go to the website, and um, so we, the, the competition's quite far along. So the competition runs for two months, and we're already um, seven weeks in. So today is actually a big day for us because today is the day that the top fifty will be announced oh, as voted fantastic. for by the public. So later today, after five o'clock, those who've entered can go online and they will see who's made it to the top 50. And that's 100% voted by the public. Oh, wonderful. Um, as expected, most of the entries are dogs and cats, but we do have some weird and wonderful pets. <laughs> um, and um, and then we've got a week um, up until the close of the competition on the 16th of September. So everyone must please get voting for their favorites. And then what we do then is um, we then determine what the top 10 are. And then our lovely um, celebrity judges, we've got Louise Carver and Vanessa Haywood-Sands, who are avid dog lovers. Yes, they are. Uh, and they've also adopted rescue dogs, as have I, and um, and they will be assisting us to help determine who the winners are from the top ten. Fantastic! And now tell me, Lisa, how does the funds work? The funds that are going back to tears. How okay. does that work? So- it's not, it's, un, it's unfortunately not all the funds will be going to tears, but with each competition that we run, a, a percentage of the profits, and obviously that's only determined after the competition has closed, yes. we give to a charity. So, um, with baby, with mama's beautiful kid, and now with mama's beautiful pet, um, and we selected tears, tears in Komeki because it's such a worthwhile cause. Yes, they, it is. 
They've grown so big and, you know, they, they not only look to take in animals and rehome animals, but they help um, to teach the community and children on how to treat animals. Yes. No, they do. Tears are one of the most amazing shelters. In fact, I'm going to be in Cape Town tomorrow and I think they say there's rain coming. So if there is and I can't go to the beach, I'm going to head out to Tears and go and see what they do. But now tell me, Lisa, so if people want to enter, can they still quickly enter? to now before before five the cutoff has been done so we started we started in july already and we had seven weeks where people could go online enter and vote and you know so now it's a case of all those people who've been waiting and voting yes to see the you know the first cutoff phase so unfortunately we we've just missed it but we do hope that people will go online and vote I'mAsBeautiful.com and go look at all the wonderful pets and vote for their favorites. Absolutely. I'm going to do that the minute I get back to the office. And Lisa, we must talk because maybe it would be a great idea. Are you just going to choose one overall winner? I mean, maybe so, it would be great to actually feature that winner in Canine Zone magazine. If it's oh, a dog, obviously, if it's a hamster or a, or a snake, <laughs> we might not be able to do that. <laughs> That would be, I mean, that would be wonderful. I think we'll definitely have quite a few canines. I'm guesstimating if you just look at proportions and percentages of, of dogs that have been entered. But what we do is we select the top 10 and the winner will, or the owner, I should say, mm. uh, will win 50,000 rand wow. in cash. That's fantastic. And the second uh, runner up or the runner up will win 15,000 rand in cash. And then the third per- placed pet will win, will win 8,000 rand in cash. And then the remaining top 10 We'll all win something. So then we go down seven six five four three two one. So all of the top ten will win some money, and hopefully we'll spoil their pets. Oh, Lisa, that's fantastic. I think we're going to be in touch because I would love to. If, if there's a dog in the in the first three, I would love to put them in Canine Zone as well. That would be. That I think that wonderful. would be a great little bit of extra publicity for you. But thank you so much for doing this, Lisa. This is such a wonderful. You know, I think initiative. I think people are always looking for ways. To to help the shelters because yeah. they, they are in desperate need of funds. And, and I know the NSPCA is doing the I Love Animals bracelet right now, which is a huge hit. And, um, you know, thank you so much for thinking of our animals. I think, you know, so there, there are obviously some limited paid staff, but so many of these people are volunteers mm. who do it out of the love of their heart. And we are looking very forward, forward to going there and being able to hand over a check. Oh, fantastic. And please, you need to let us know when that is because we'd love to cover that as well. Definitely. No, Lisa, thank you very, very much. And hopefully you'll be doing this again in the future. We aim to do this every year. Every the most year. popular competitions will run again and again, and it's it's lots of fun for people, I think. Well, next year, the minute you start running it, please let us know. We'll have you back on, and we'll yep. get all our animal centralers get involved and send their pets pictures to you. Fabulous. Thank you, Lisa. Thanks so much. Okay. All right. Bye. And, yes, as I was saying now, you've got that wonderful bracelet Mm. at Cardi's, which is raising to raise funds Mm. for NSPCA. So get down to Cardi's. Absolutely wonderful. I think they're only 50 rand. Yes. And then quite a significant portion goes to ourselves. They've also done a wonderful little um, sort of 
advert that's yes. going to be on New Metro. Oh, really? Because yes. I saw one that we posted on the Canine yes. Zone Facebook wall. Beautiful. Yes, it's been on social Beautiful. media. I think, I, I think it's also no, supposed to be in cinemas. No, I think it's great with these wonderful different mm. ideas to raise funds. It's a lot of great events yeah. coming up now at the end of the year. Mm. But I know that uh, I certainly want to go and get a couple of those bracelets. <laughs> Ainsley, thank you again for no, coming in you. today. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back after this. Animal Central on cliffcentral.com So now we're back and this time we've got um, a wonderful, uh, couple of wonderful guests in studio. We've got Karen Spottiswood who's here with her husband Steve Spottiswood and Grant Egan. Now these people are renowned field guides and naturalists. Uh, they take care of our little creatures in the wild. They educate people. They, they try and let people understand how interdependent everything from the tiniest little locust all the way through to a hedgehog and you know how interdependent all of these creatures are and i want to thank you all for coming in studio today because karen i've looked at your your website and and you do amazing stuff i mean you're based in uh Klufendal, the botanical gardens on the west Rand, which is my stomping ground so what is it that you actually do out there Sharon, we do um, a lot of environmental education because we, the nature reserve where we spend a lot of time, it's 128 hectares. It is a wonderful place. It's got um, rocky uh, outcrops. It's got a mm. dam, a bird hide. And it's got a whole eco ecosystems there. As you say, everything's interdependent. Our plants, our animals there. Um, and it's a, a wonderful place for people to to just enjoy, um, to walk there and to look at birds. Or, but but it's it's a fantastic place for environmental hands-on education. And so over the weekends, I organise guided nature walks with experts in the field. Um, we've got birding experts. We've got people who've written books on scorpions, on spiders. I know that's not your favourite, <laughs> but um, butterflies. We've got um, the bat interest group. They 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 help us with the you know the the uh, outing for bats. We've got frogs, frog evenings. We've got all sorts of wow. wonderful things for the two. Uh, it's open for the public. Yes. And then we have a uh, we have a program we send out by on our email list and also the media are very supportive. To get people to come into the reserve and actually experience nature, what it what it is, yes. uh, what you can, because often when you walk off for a walk, you don't actually look at all the no, different grasses and the different wildflowers and the little hochakis and and we also have buck there, you know, we've got buck, we've got dussies, we've got you know various mammals. I think that's what most people are interested in. I'm more interested in the smaller creatures, yes. the little lizards and the little um, and the insects. I'm very interested in insects because as people we are we, we kill them, but they are yes. playing a very important role. In um, yeah, I mean, I was thinking of yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've got so I've got the weekend walks then, and then we also have school groups. There we we like we really like all school kids to come and experience um, a natural environment, what it is, what all happens there. And that's that's so important because you're quite right in saying that people just don't see these little, as you say, these little hochakis. And for those uh, listening from overseas, a hochaki is the Afrikaans word for a tiny little insect or little worm or something like that. And you don't notice. You you walk and you don't look down. And, and that's where education comes in. Because I think the minute you get, whether it's a child or an adult, and you say, look at this, it makes 
the world of difference, and they will never look at it the same way again. Am I right? And well, it, it, it's it's particularly with school kids. It's like they discover these things. Mm. They discover it. It'll seed. We, actually, with the school kids, we we go in groups of twenty, not more than twenty, with a, with a qualified guide, and they are giving a little a little container, and they can they are in charge. They can find whatever they want. It can be an insect. It can be a, a seed. It can be a dropping. It can be a um, whatever a, a leaf with, with, that's been eaten. And then you talk about what they found. So everybody has a turn, and they all feel very important because they find something really, really interesting to them. And then you explain what it is and what role it has in nature, that everything has a function and how everything is inter, inter, yeah, everything is needed. And Karine, are you still finding that the wildlife, they are, are they plentiful? Or is the use of you know, insecticides and that, is it making a difference? Is it, is it destroying our natural wildlife? I'm I'm, uh, well, I'm concerned about littering. I mean, the, there is a dam. There's a bird hut. We've got a whole uh, uh, a water system, you know, yes. at the dam's bird hut. Um, I'm, I'm worried about pollution. Yes, very much so. I'm worried about invasive alien plants because um, our our animals don't really eat the black wattle, you know, the, the invasive mm, ones mm. that don't, don't belong here. Um, so it's important to um, to try and 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 fight the invasive alien vegetation. Yes. That, that is a problem in the reserve. City parks, uh, Johannesburg City Parks, they manage the reserve, um, and we work with them together. So, and we have got invasive hacking. Uh, we work on that. On that. So there's, and also lights. You know, the the, the white lights attract insects, and they uh, like the because the, the Kruvendal is a is a, uh, a nature reserve set in a in a in a, uh, in it's an urban nature yes, reserve, it is. and it's really like wonderful to have that. But if you do have the problem with lights, people have lights in their houses, and white lights attract insects, and they attract them away from the reserve. And a lot of animals in the reserve eat insects. Insects is their main, mm. you know, a lot of birds so and or, or lizards or frogs. So one is one is concerned about that. Um, I'm not sure. Well, we have city parks is is working towards having the lights that we have in the reserve itself that they are yellow. Yellow apparently doesn't attract insects. Oh, really? So. That's interesting. And Karine, tell me, you know, I live out in the Little Falls area, and there used to be this wonderful sound of frogs at night. Still and there? Not as much anymore. Do we still, when we look at the reptiles, frogs, lizards, what what kind of species are there? Quite a few species we that do, you find there. We do. I I've been talking about frogs. That's also one of my many favorite mm. animals. We do have frog evenings and we do find frogs. We actually go out. It's an evening event. It's on our, on our website. We do have, um, red toads. We've got the common river frog. We've got the, um, the, um, um, what's it called? The, um, bubbling casinas. So we do have, and we've got patanas there. So those are the main okay. ones we've got and there. bullfrogs? No, that, that's no. more, that's more, uh, um, a wetland. Species oh, okay. Okay. that uh, that it's a very interesting bullfrogs. They actually dig themselves in during winter time, and then they come out after rain. So they they more live in temporary yes. um, water systems. And um, little lizards, skinks, snakes, skinks, snakes. People. That's always very sweet when we have school groups. Um, we, we actually would love more school groups because it's fantastic for the kids to experience mm. what the natural environment is and to get understanding how it functions. But yeah, but, um, that's one of the first things that children ask us: Are there snakes? Yes. Uh, <laughs> it was really funny. We had a, quite a big school group for a nature treasure hunt last week, and um, so I said to the kids, there were 135 of them. I said to the children, any question after we given the whole briefing of what we were going to do with them. 
any questions? I said, I know there's one question that always comes up. So the hands go up with questions. And the first one was, are there snakes? It was oh, so funny because that's exactly what I expected. <laughs> yes, there are, but snakes are not, we are not their, their uh, food. I mean, mm. their food is, 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 um, rats and mice and, and, and frogs and uh, maybe birds in a bird's nest, but not us. That's always what I tell them. I said, look, they don't, they don't, when they smell us, they will go the opposite direction because we are a threat to them. Right. And they smell us. They smell our, as I always say, the wash, our washing powder and our soap and all that. And that's something that they definitely don't, don't like. So they will go opposite direction. So I do tell them because you don't see snakes, rarely. Um, when I walk on my own, I see occasionally, and I know I'm very happy that to see a snake. Yes, I, I think yes. they are also amazing creatures, but they keep, you, we respect them and keep away from them, or you just don't, don't bother them, you know, mm. and then they keep, they respect you. Absolutely. I mean, I know the areas out there had a bit of a rat problem, and that's what the snakes are there for. That's what the owls are there for. But Grant, I want to just ask you now, you, are you the bird expert? Uh, I'm the bird expert for Cliffendall, yes. more of a guide rather than an expert, but I enjoy taking people out to go and see the birds, mm. show them about the birds, learn about the birds. So yes, that's uh, what I do. I do birding all over the place, but uh, Cliffendall is a very special place to me for yes. specifically because it's close to home as well. Right. And I've uh, it's one of the first places I ever started birding. Oh, really? And I think we're very lucky on the West Rand because we do have that whole mountain range on the Botanic. There's a lot of green spaces. So we do see a lot of birds and owls and, and things in that area. Yeah, especially for looking at Cliffendall, uh, we're sitting on about 185 species wow. specifically for Cliffendall. Um, whereas uh, that's probably more than you'll get in the UK in, in a year. So... Um, we do have a very big variety of mm. birds there, and uh, with that, we have from the raptors right through to the the little cisticolors to the warblers. Yes, you know, so they are. It's a very, uh, brilliant thing for birds. No, absolutely. I was saying earlier on, we've had so many people say, "Please tell us more about our bird life," and I was saying, I think we need to bring you in because there's never enough time in half an hour to look at, you know, some of the more common species. I know one of my favorites. Is the the little weaver bird that you wait and they disappear in the winter, and now there's little nests all over the place. I mean, they're very common in our area, aren't they? Uh, the the weavers are very common. Mm. Um, you see them; they're the little uh, yellow ones with the red, yes. uh, with the black heads. Yes. Um, and they they mainly uh, nest near water and over water, but they are. Um, they're, they're very common in our mm. gardens. Yeah, we've, oh, we've got loads and loads of nests. But I've always had this question, where do they go in winter? They are around. They stay around. Really? They don't actually uh, migrate. Uh, we do have migratory species mm. that migrate uh, into Africa as well as Paleoctic, which is up through to um, uh, Europe, to Asia. So, but the weavers do stay they around. They stay around. around. Yeah, the, the, the weaver, the male, he transforms into non-breeding plumage. He looks like the female. He doesn't keep yes, his he yellow. Yes, he goes dull. Dull, yes. yes. And he, the, the way that you do tell him, you look at the eye color, that you would tell that it's a male, but other, otherwise you won't see oh. that he's... Because uh, the are these same. the same um, weavers that if you go down more into the eastern Transvaal, you see these huge... Community nests are these? Is this the same species? It's not. It's, it's those not. are the sociable weavers, which are more uh, your Karoo side, um, down there towards the Northern Cape. Uh, but we do have uh, up closer to the Kruger Park. We do have the red-billed buffalo weaver, which 
are community nest weavers. They make it a slightly different yes. nest, a lot smaller, but not as big as the sociable weaver nest. I think they birds are such an antidepressant. You, when you think, oh, I'm working so hard and I'm so tired, and you go outside and you see this little boy weaver, and he's there at five o'clock in the morning, burning, building that little nest, and they're just such happy, cheerful little guys. They really are. One thing about um, birding, it's you know the to you can it's like sitting watching fish. Mm. You know you can sit there for hours and just watch how the male builds his his nest. Yes. Go there, goes and fetches the the grass, goes and fetches the 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 linings of the nets the nest and coming into it and and watching how they actually yes, build it. Yes, how they build it. I, I know they they pinch all the leaves from our palm trees, but that's fine. We don't mind. I mean, last week I was also giving some interesting facts on hardy dars. Now they also around all the time, and and mm. is this not their breeding season now too? Um, breeding season is normally in the summer because there's a lot more food around, so they need the energy to obviously um, to to nest and to to um, to uh, mate and that type of thing. Yes. But um, due to due to us in in the towns, we do change those type of habitats. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, we do change their their cycles because of all the fooding and that that they well, do get. Well, this is a question I wanted to ask you. Is I know we certainly do uh, put out f- uh, bird seed in the garden every single day, and and they come there in on mass. I mean, we've even had some starlings, which is fantastic, and little woodpeckers. So they all come there. Is this a good idea? Because someone once said to me, "But you, you know, you're teaching them that they get it too easily, and they become dependent on you if you move." What are your thoughts on that? Um, it's a contentious, a contentious issue. Um, we're talking about Karine and myself. Karine and them are, some of them are against it. Mm. I'm not too much against it. I believe that it, it increases our populations of birds. Yes. You know, but I do find that, um, due to the loss of habitat, uh, with building of these complexes within the urban area. Right. These, uh, the birds are losing habitat. They're losing things like the, um, the food around, we're cutting all down all the trees, the mm. grasses for the seeds and that. But I do find that they feeding does help. I don't think it's a we must feed every single day, but I think we feed once a week to to help them to 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 get that food. But unfortunately, yes, there, there are people that don't like it, and there are people that do. Yes. Oh, so you shouldn't feed every single day. No. Okay. I don't think so. Just once a, once a week so they've got that bit of backup there. Yes, yes. Look, also uh, we're talking about the, uh, because of winter. Yes. You know, food in winter is a lot scarcer mm. than, than in summer. See, we love it because it attracts them to our garden so we, we can get to enjoy them. And, and I've seen my husband goes out there every day and feeds them and we, we do feed every day. And um, if you don't feed them. They complain. You they can do. hear them they complaining. <laughs> they know that they wait for you. Some of them, there. some of them even come and, and knock on the windows, waiting for you to, <laughs> for feed, you them. to feed them. Yeah, so and they a lot are of dependent. Doves. I mean, we have a lot of doves. Doves. Now, are these doves that we find now? Are these indigenous? Are they? Are they used? Because there seems to be a lot more doves than any other species. Yeah, most of our doves uh, that you get in your garden um, are indigenous. We do have the old feral pigeon or the new rock mm. dove. That um, is um, an inv- well, not invasive. Was brought into South Africa, and uh, unfortunately, that's your town doves that you look in when you go into town. 
and they unfortunately do over they take over mm, your feeders yes and yes we've we've definitely noticed that yeah so we do have uh, a lot of indigenous species that come through uh, which is always nice to see and um, mm. it's good for um what I call armchair birders. You go into your garden, you sit there in your, your chair with your binoculars. You don't even have to, but you sit yes. there and you look at the birds. Yes. No, as I say, it's the perfect antidepressant. And um, I wanted to find out from you, do you see that climate change is is making a difference out there? Because I know, gosh, we're going back many years when you went up to the Kruger Park, you would find loads of weavers, uh, not weavers, uh, starlings. And now you're seeing them here as well. Is is this normal or is it climate change that's making a difference? Uh, climate change does uh, obviously ha- have an aspect on the birds. Mm. But the I would say more of your habitat, habitat um, desecration and, and movement of, yes. of urbanized, uh, the houses and stuff that have been built, that I think is a bigger aspect. Um, I'm not too clued up on, on climate change and that for yes. birding. But um, what I find is that, for instance, with your weavers, we were talking about weavers. If you look at the weavers now in your garden, mm. they are all in breeding plumage. Yes. Whereas um, the birds outside in the on the felt are still out of breeding plumage. It's because of us feeding them and because of us um, uh, supplying them with the food and because, you know, we have had a bit of more... Uh, heat than yes. uh, winter it has changed you know so there is a bit of an aspect so they're breeding that they earlier than, than they yeah, should they are. and they're having sometimes it, in a good aspect of it is that it um that we're getting a, a double breeding you know extra making mm. uh, for extra birds whereas the if we have it on the um that it's a double breeding they they the cycles have changed yes yes and and colin you were mentioning the raptors I mean, do we do we get? I know, but the the botanical gardens have their their eagle pair there, and I've always closely followed them. What about in Kurfendal? Well, we're very proud to have our black sparrowhawk. That's um, that's a special one. We have, see the peregrine falcon now and then. Um, other raptors. Um, We've got step buzzard. Step buzzard. Yes, we've also seen. Good in fact, man. I've even seen. A, I've even seen. I think it was by mistake, but I also seen um, um, a vulture. The the, the oh the, really. Yes, so so we do have. Uh, we even even recently, somebody saw at a, a living next door to Klufendal saw a gymnogene, which is pretty pretty interesting. Yes, but, <laughs> but I mean, a vulture to see up here that is pretty rare as well, isn't it? it yes, well, there should be more where there are more cliffs. We don't really have. Yes. M- we've got we've got um, we've got, but not not big enough for vultures. For vultures, the vultures need big cliffs. Goodness, that that would be something so to see. It's a cape vulture that we that yes. uh, that I saw. Because they really are misunderstood. They they really are. You know, I've seen how often they are shot by farmers and and that sort of thing. I and think, they serve yeah. such an important role. Mm, that they really whole, do. Yeah, there's the whole education thing. For example, mm. also um, the owls. You know, we've yes. got we've got the spotted eagle owl, and a lot of uh, people believe have, have beliefs, and mm. and I respect the beliefs. But it's good to to discuss with yes. with the with the people and with the children with the adults. You know what the beliefs are. For example, some of the 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 um, the um, owls, 
um, they believe because they've got big eyes mm-hmm. and they and they make the sound. You know, Ooh, yes, Ooh, so yes. scary. Um, so I can and so the belief is that it brings bad luck. It brings death no, in the sure, family. Sure. And so you can discuss it. Look, they've got big eyes. Why have they got big eyes? Because they're nocturnal yes, and they, they, they hunt, they hunt and they're hunters. Yes. Yeah, and and the sound they make. Yeah, that's the sound they make. That's mm, um, mm. so it's good to discuss no, these things. Education is key, and I've I've certainly seen. I think when I was a little girl, my grand used to always teach us, you know, to respect all animals. And But there used to be so many more creatures in our gardens. There used to be lots of beetles and lots of butterflies and lots of, my own personal fears mm-hmm. is grasshoppers. But mm-hmm. grasshoppers, I cannot tell you when last I've seen a grasshopper in my garden. I think it could be the spray. I mean, people spray their roses yes. for aphids, but aphids are actually eaten by your um, your ladybirds. Right. Um, and, of course, your... your, your um, uh, Grant, help me, the, the little bird that eats the white eyes, yes. the white eye birds, they yes. love aphids. So they all have a function. They, and um, I think the message is, yes, not to use insecticides, use uh, something natural use, rather. Use something, yes, mm. use some cocky boss spray or whatever. No, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, we can't believe how quickly this show <laughs> comes to its conclusion and we've kind of run out of time already. But Corinne, before we end, how can people get hold of you if they want to go on tours? Maybe it's a school that could bring their kids along to you. It's all on the website. We've got our website is our name basically www.kluvendalfriends. That's what we are. Kluvendalfriends.orgsa or Okay. We also have Facebook. Um, that that's called um, the friends of uh, Clu, um, the friends of Clu, of the Kluvendal friends of the Kluvendal Nature Reserve. That's our, our Facebook. And then our phone number, because we have a Friends of Cloven our phone. Yes. Um, and then for any inquiries, also there, 079-693-5608. Okay, because that's a wonderful, often in jo- a wonderful activity to do on a weekend. Often people in Joburg say, we've got nothing to do. We don't have beaches. We don't have, but we do have a lot. And they can come for t- free, free entry. Free oh, entry. So, really? so we offer guided walks and then of, yes. obviously you pay because we pay our guides and we've got, we're non, sure. a non-profit organization. So the, our only income is the what profit we make on the guided yes. walks. But you don't have to have a guided walk. And it's open every day from six to six. And all the information is on the website. And also a map wonderful. how to get there and a map of the reserve itself. What a wonderful way to spend the weekend, especially mm. now with this gorgeous weather we're having. So get out there, go to Friends of Kluvendal. Friends, uh, it's also, uh, the Kluvendal Friends, that's Kluvendal the website. Friends. Okay. And Friends of the Kluvendal Nature Reserve is our Facebook. Fantastic. So we are hoping to, go, to get you guys back in again in the future so we can look at some of the other species around. Um, but I think we've run out of time for now. Remember to get out there and get your Canine Zone magazine. We'll be back next week. We're going to be talking about cat nutrition with Grant and Sonia from Champion Pet Foods. And... We're also hoping to get some news in about gorilla conservation. Until next Wednesday, you have a great time. Give all your pets a big hug from me. Bye for now. Animal Central on cliffcentral.com.